Hi, welcome to the Art and Science of Learning, the podcast that digs deeper in how we learn, so that in today's accelerated world, we can learn better and enjoy it more. I'm your host, learning specialist, Dr. Kinga Petrovai. Every week, I discuss aspects of learning with academics, practitioners, and individuals with unique learning journeys to inform and inspire how you design learning into work and life. The Shad Canada Summer Program is a very special and unique learning experience. Every year, talented high school students interested in STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and math, as well as entrepreneurship, go through a rigorous selection process to spend a summer at one of Canada's 20 participating universities. Throughout the summer, the students spend time with professors, learning topics and working on projects that are at a university level. Following their month-long university experience, the students spend a month working at the company that sponsored them, gaining valuable work experience in their field. But SHAD is so much more than the academic and work experience. Many students form lifelong friendships, have life-changing mentorships from the professors and professionals they work with, and the experience has a significant impact on their future career trajectory. That was certainly the case for me, I was lucky enough to attend SHAD when I was in grade 11, and I worked for a medical tech company where the head of R&D took me under her wing for the summer. The experience had a very significant impact on the start of my career, as well as my confidence. The SHAD learning experience is truly unique and deeply impactful. I'm thrilled to be joined by the president of SHAD Canada to discuss what makes this learning experience so special. Tim Jackson is the president and CEO of Shad Canada. Tim has an extensive background as an entrepreneur, business and not-for-profit leader. He has served as the CEO of the Accelerator Centre, an incubator for technology startups. He was vice president at the University of Waterloo and executive vice president at the Mars Discovery District, one of the world's largest urban innovation hubs. He co-founded Tech Capital Partners, an early-stage venture capital firm, and served as CFO and CEO at Waterloo-based technology firm Pickstream. Tim has also chaired several boards and has co-founded two charitable organizations. Thank you very much, Tim, for joining me on the podcast. Ah, it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Kinga. To start off, I wanted to first uh, ask you if you can give a little bit of an overview to the listeners about what Shad Valley is and what makes it such a unique program. Yeah, so Shad is a uh, an opportunity where about a thousand uh, grade ten and eleven high school students go away from home and they spend the month of July at one of twenty universities across the country. And over the course of that month, they live in residence. They are exposed to lectures and workshops from faculty members at that university. Uh, they get guest speakers from the local community, and then. And they learn a bit about the, the local environment. So depending on where they are, they will go do some field trips. But the program is rooted in a design project. So the students are broken into teams of about eight to 10 students. And those students come from across the country. So every campus of 60 students will have you know, two or three students from Prince Edward Island and 20 or 30 students from Ontario and a handful from New Brunswick and so on and so forth. And so the, and those teams are also broken up by geography. and. At the beginning of the program, the students are given a challenge. 
and it's typically a social challenge. And they're asked by the end of the program in those teams to have come up with a solution to that problem. Uh, and that solution is ideally based in scientific or engineering principles. Mm -hmm. So over the course of the month, they start with this massive problem, which could be something as big as how do we reduce waste or how do we manage food insecurity in Canada? And they so they start with that brainstorming about that big, big challenge, boil it down to something manageable. And by the end of the program, they have a working prototype, a business plan, um, and a solution to that problem. It's mm -hmm. an incredible way to learn over the course of, of a month. And, uh, you know, they also, also build incredible community. They're meeting mm -hmm. people from across the country. Uh, but it's all rooted in this idea of you go away from home for a month and are immersed in a, a setting with a, about 60 other students from across the country. It's all based in science, math, engineering, and entrepreneurship. That's fantastic. And a lot of really diverse from across the country, students with diverse interests, but all very passionate coming together and connecting is great. And they also get the support of professors and postdocs at the university, don't they? Absolutely. So they're getting lectures from, from faculty members. As you say, they're, they're getting postdocs. They're, there are lots of mentors that get involved in that design project they talked about. And what's interesting for us, when we go to a campus for the first time, we often have to try to convince professors to give a lecture. And at the end of the first year, it's always the same. The, the, the professors say, oh my goodness, I went down with my lecture because I thought it was for high school students and I needed to go the other way. <laughs> um, and so the students are truly getting a university type experience. Um, they're you know, doing things independently, uh, but under the guidance and, and coaching of the mentors, which are, are faculty members, postdocs, members of the local community. Mm, no, that was, that was really special. And also because in university often, especially first and second year, you really don't get a chance to get to know your professors uh, personally. But here, they're involved in the social aspects of what you're doing. As you said, you go out into the city, into the environment that, that the university is in, and you interact with them. And I remember that I actually got some really great advice on my future career goals from those professors that I met at Chad, and also then the professionals that I worked with in the work program afterwards, because uh, that there can be a sponsorship aspect of it, can't there not? That where a company sponsors a student, there can be. I mean, we're seeing less and less of that directly. We have uh, what tends to happen now is our corporate sponsors and our philanthropic sponsors will provide uh, bursaries that we then use for students with the most need. Um, and in a few cases, we uh, we do have uh, internships that uh, some of our corporate partners do. It's a little bit different than, than when you went through it, Kinga, but we have uh, uh, some great corporate partners like RBC who uh, mm. provide opportunities to students uh, after the program to actually go in and do a job placement. Wonderful. So what about the SHAD experience do you think is most beneficial to students? I think there's two things. The first is that it really opens up students' eyes. And I, we see this in a couple of different ways. So it's not unusual for me to be visiting a campus and um, or visiting with alumni after the program. Um, and, and I ask them, what was the biggest impact that SHAD had on your life? And often they talk about changing trajectory, which can either be someone says, oh, I was knew I was going to go do engineering. I was had my heart set on, I was going to apply to engineering schools across the country. But I went to SHAD and I loved the workshops on life sciences or health sciences. I had no idea that was an interest of mine. And so now I've actually changed what I'm going to study for undergrad. We also see that around geography as well, where we'll get students. So I might get someone from Newfoundland, for example, who says, I just assumed I was going to go to Memorial University because that's what everyone in my high school did mm. or does. But I went to Shad at Calgary and suddenly I was comfortable being away from home. So I've, I've now applied to Calgary and UBC and Saskatchewan and Waterloo. And so it really, I think, opens up 
people's uh, eyes to that there's there's a ton of different opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think is the, the big benefit is the are the connections. It's not unusual. We've been around 40 years now, so we have an alumni network of getting close to 20,000 participants. And it's not unusual for, for alumni to say that their best friends are still people that they met back in their Shad cohort. Yes. Um, I was with uh, someone in Montreal who was working on his third startup, and his board of directors were all people he met uh, at Shad in the 1980s. Oh, so wow. he's kept that That's connection. Amazing. Yeah, and I think it's just for, for a lot of people, particularly if you're from a small community, you know, rural, remote community, for, for many of the students, they don't even realize that there are other students like them across the country. And suddenly they found their, you know, the, the folks that they can, uh, they can relate to. And so you can have someone in Nunavut who now has connections from coast to coast to coast. And when she needs uh, help or she just wants to have some a social conversation post chat with people that have similar interests, she now has a network to connect to. Yes, that was a really big part of it as well, definitely. And uh, for me, it even connected me with people who had very similar interests to my in my own city. Coming back, I went away to Calgary. Some of the uh, students I met in Calgary actually were from my hometown. So that was also really nice to be able to come back to and connect with, with them. But I heard that from so many people saying, I didn't realize that there's others who are interested in the same things I am, which... Uh, was a really great experience. I'm sure you hear a lot of fantastic stories from alumni and uh, and these great stories, how years and years, decades later, there's still an impact on them. But what does this experience allow students to do after SHAD? What do you think is the key that this experience really enables them? I think it's that sense of opening up uh, their curiosity and allowing them to realize I can I can do anything. And when I need help, I've got a peer group that can can support me. And so we've we, we've talked about what happens from a post secondary standpoint, and it's not unusual when uh, students go to a university. Um, we now have shad clubs at many campuses, and mm-hmm. so you're now you're now able to connect with your peers there. Or I'll hear great stories where someone will say, "I was at my campus. It was Frosh Week, and I saw someone with a shad sweatshirt on, and I went over to them, and I found a friend because." We had something in common. Getting through, you know, university, it the the Shad experience allows you to find those peers and and, and colleagues. But after Shad, there's this massive network out there. We have uh, now with a 40-year history, this you know Shad alum range in age from 60 years old to 15 years old. Mm. And so if you need help with anything, there's a network there that we can connect you to, or you can Mm. find yourself through our online supports. And so it's not unusual for someone to say, I'm thinking about starting a business and I'd like to reach out to someone who is an entrepreneur who's got some experience in my field Mm -hmm. and and they're able to make connections that way. So I always say that I thought I was being hired to run a summer program. And what I've now realize is I was actually being hired to run a lifelong network that starts with a summer program. And I think that's the great, great part about Shad. You are Shad for life. Yes. And that is really, really nice. (laughs) I love the way you put that. And especially, you know, the more importance lifelong learning has in everyone's career, it is actually a, a really great network to have continuously one more aspect of it. And so coming away from the program, I remember very clearly that my parents thought I was going to sleep for a month after because it was a very intense experience. It's really hard to explain, I think, to people who haven't gone through it, the intensity emotionally and you're doing all of these academic activities and there's just a level of um, intensity to it that I don't think people really expect. 
What do you think is most challenging or surprising about Shad for students who attend? I think it's a sense of uncertainty because, as you know, we don't tell students what's going to happen. Uh, depending on the campus you're at, you may not even know what's going to happen later that day. So mm. there's a bit of a, a hesitation and, and it, you just have to get out of your comfort zone. And I think that's the biggest struggle for a lot of folks is they deal with imposter syndrome. Mm. Everyone who comes to Shad looks around and says, oh, I I don't know how I got in. I don't deserve to be here. And of course, everyone does deserve to be here. And so it's that sense of having to get out of your comfort zone and just go on the journey for the month with us, mm -hmm. I think is the biggest challenge. We, you know, not surprising, you know, we get a lot of high achievers or a lot of folks that are, you know, used to running things. If they're in a group at school, they're the ones that are the leader in the group. Well, now mm -hmm. they're in with a whole bunch of leaders. Yes. And uh, so, the, you know, even those dynamics around teams are a little bit different. But I just think it's that sense of, being out of their comfort zone and not being in full control. And as you said, based on your experience, it's an exhausting month, but it's an incredible mm -hmm. uh, sense of it's, it's exhausting, but it's great and exhilarating at the end of the month. Yes, definitely exhilarating. And, and you touched on a few of those uh, items that are huge concerns in the first year of university, which is imposter syndrome, not knowing what's coming up next and exactly the load of work and challenge that it will face the going away from home for the first time. So actually Shad gives a really fantastic buffer to that first year of university, because this is something that causes a lot of people, a lot of anxiety and challenge in their first year. So going to Shad and experiencing that and experiencing that actually, yes, I, I already did university level work. So I, I, if I could handle that, then I can handle this. And um, I think it provides that really great buffer into some of the greatest challenges that university faces, which has not necessarily to do with the work, but all of these other aspects that really do prevent you from being the best student you can be sometimes. I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, everything from time management, you know, they've mm -hmm. got this project they have to get done by the end of the month and you've got to manage your yes. time and plan appropriately to simple things like some people have never done their own laundry and suddenly they're away from home and you know, I don't care how many pairs of underwear you bring, you can't make the last 28 days without <laughs> doing uh, laundry. So even things like that are, uh, are setting someone up perfectly for, for going on to post-secondary. Absolutely. So what advice would you give to students to address these challenges? And you said jump right in, but what do you yeah. think would be really the key advice? I think it's just to go with the flow and not get not, not get concerned. Um, you just recognizing that everyone is in it is in the same boat. Some will have different uh, experiences coming into the program. And so something that might be uncomfortable for you, someone else will be comfortable with. But at the end of the day, it's it's just about being yourself and and just going with it. And I always tell a couple of great, I think, good stories. I remember being at a campus and uh, one afternoon they had a series of workshops and the students could choose what those workshops were. And some of them were a, a lecture about mathematics and one was quantum surveying and one was ballroom dancing. Mm -hmm. And I went, uh, went in as dropping in the workshops. And there was a, a young man who was doing ballroom dancing. I said, why did you pick this workshop? He said, well, back in my school, I'm the captain of the football team. I'm the captain of the hockey club. I could never be seen doing ballroom dancing, but I knew it was something I wanted to do. I oh. thought that is so special that mm -hmm. there he is feeling like he's got a safe space. And I think that's one of the things that I think we're most proud of 
with the program is it has a reputation as a safe space. And so, for example, it's not unusual for us to get a call uh, before the program starts from a student or a student and their parent for, who are transitioning, for example, and saying, Chad is going to be the first place where I uh, change my pronoun because mm -hmm. I know based on what I've been told it's a safe comfortable space and I think uh, we're really proud of that that sense of it's non-judgmental um, but it's non-judgmental because ultimately people do just go with the flow and whatever happens happens and so that's mm -hmm. the best advice I always give to students is don't fret about it just live in the moment worry about what you're doing today don't worry about what tomorrow's agenda is just <laughs> go with it that's a really great story that that people do feel that it is such a safe space. And what do you think enables that atmosphere? The the Shad program is 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 very deliberate and uh, in, in terms of the organizing, and it's really because of our program directors, who, as you know, are the the faculty members and others that. Uh, on each campus run the program. They spend a ton of time preparing uh, each year for the program. And so there's a very deliberate approach they take, which starts off at the beginning of the month around you know, the community sitting down and collectively saying, what do we expect of ourselves over mm -hmm. the course of the month? And setting norms for the community mm -hmm. um, and deciding how they will conduct things and how they will hold themselves accountable. So for me, it all comes back to the program directors and the program teams um, and, and them, make, them recognizing this is going to be a transformational month for the the participants and so how do they set that up right from from day one right no that's really important and they really are very passionate individuals and when I went to university it was a different university to what where I went to Shad and I met some of the faculty actually who were involved in Shad because I was in engineering and they were very much involved and they were always very passionate individuals who were interested in young people learning and falling in love with the learning well, yeah, you have faculty members who spend the month of July living in residence mm -hmm. with with students. I mean, they're they're away from their families. Yes. They are so committed to uh, trying to develop the next generation of of Canadians and and making sure that uh, that people have that incredible experience. So you're right; they're an incredibly dedicated uh, group, and, and we're so fortunate as an organization um, to have this group right across the country. Although SHAD is a very unique experience and it's a very special program, uh, are there some nuggets of unique learning that students get that could be recreated by a school or a university that doesn't have access to SHAD? So SHAD is a Canadian program. Someone who might not be able to have access to it or somewhere in different parts of the world, what would you say would be those nuggets that can be recreated somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two aspects to that. One is, I think you have to think about what are your intended impacts. And so the SHAD program is really built around make, making sure when students finish, they, they have certain characteristics. So for us, it's things like students having an awakened passion and solving, being able to solve problems, embracing risk, making leveraging strong connections and having change maker capabilities. Mm -hmm. So if you start with goals like that, then you say, so how do you actually do it? And I think the biggest thing um, is experiential learning um, mm -hmm. and the hands-on experience. Mm -hmm. And so you think about the design project that the shads go through. To me, that emulates everything that's gonna happen in life. They don't get to pick their teams. We mm -hmm. pick their teams. Well, when you get hired in a job, you don't get to pick the coworkers mm. you're working with. You know, <laughs> yes. you come into an environment. Um, but that idea that for us, the design project really at the end of the day has nothing to do with what the final solution is. It's what was the process to get there. And, and that process of being hands-on learning through experimenting, iterating as you get more and more data. I think something that universities, high schools, uh, public schools should be just 
adapting into all of their their curricula. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I have this dream that says, you know, I'd love to have a Shad High School. Um, and while that may not be possible, I think we can get to the point where, you know, Shad is part of curricula at different schools. And so nice. we're actually uh, working with a couple of schools right now who have said, could you take that design project and could we do an experiment where we actually take it into our classrooms and do it within a, a, a classroom? So it's very small right now. It's very pilot. But um, I think it's a testament to our program directors and our design teams that others, educators, are saying there's elements of shad we think we need to put into our classrooms. That's fantastic. So they continue the project and continue building on it. Exactly. Wow, that's amazing. Um, Well, it sounds like continuing to go stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's been uh, really nice to watch from afar since I was attending. Does any story kind of jump out at you since your time as CEO? Has there been a story that kind of jumped out at you from a student or from an alum from their experience of Shad? Yeah, I think I go back to my very first day on the job. So I started July of 2016. And so I thought I'd have to learn about programs. So I just got on the road. And my first day, um, I think I was at um, Calgary. And I started talking to students. And there was a young woman there. And I said to her, so like, why are you here? Why did you come to Shad? And she said, I'm from Portage La Prairie. And there's nowhere for me to do STEM-based enrichment over the summer. So Mm -hmm. I found this program and I've come to, but she said, she said, and I had no idea there were other kids like me across the country. Mm. I thought I was the one, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of the only one in my school. And, and that really st- has stuck with me throughout my, the time that I've been at Shad is that we changed the trajectory and we changed the, that young person's life because they then realized there were other people like them across the country. And we provided them with an opportunity to, uh, to say, you know, the things that I'm interested in, there are other kids like me across the country that, that I'm interested in. And, you know, we, we're now 40 years old at Shad. So we, uh, you know, say we have 20,000 alumni. Uh, we have been a majority female from, uh, from the beginning. So we're currently these days around 55% female. Um, and so there's a bunch of stuff going on that I think is you know, will have a big impact on the future of the country. And as I always say to our board, that when I come back from the summer and I meet all these uh, these grade 10, 11 students, I always say to the board, our country's going to be fine as long as our generation doesn't screw it up because <laughs> the next generation coming through, they're going to take care of things. That's very positive. That's really great, uh, great outlook for sure. Oh, that sounds wonderful. And I know that there's countless, countless other wonderful stories um, every year, more and more being added Thank you very much for sharing that. But before we end, I always ask every guest if they have a recommendation of something that inspires them or something that they found really valuable to read or watch on this topic. Yeah, my favorite book uh, from this past year is a, is a book called The Biggest Bluff. Um, it's written by a psychologist called Ma- Maria Konnikova, um, and it's about poker. And okay. so she decided that uh, not knowing a thing about the poker world, that she wanted to uh, try to learn to play poker. And ultimately, her goal was to play in the World Series of Poker. And she befriended um, a gentleman called Eric Seidel, who's a famous poker player, who took, uh, took her under his wing um, and coached her through. And so the book, the subtitle of the book is, is How I Learned to Pay Attention, Master Myself and Win. And I just think it's a great story because it's, it's entertaining on one hand following her journey, but it's also the journey she went through of saying, this is a world I didn't know anything about. This is something I didn't know anything about, but I thought it might be interesting. Um, and so she talks all the way through the book, not about 
just how she learned to play poker, but the life lessons she learned throughout the way. And so um, I've been recommending that book to, to people. So far, no one has said that uh, it was a, a poor recommendation. So whether you're a poker player or not, it's uh, highly recommended. So The Biggest Bluff by Maria Konnikova. Well, thank you. That sounds really interesting. I'll definitely put it on my list for sure. Well, this was very interesting. I really enjoyed getting to talk to you and hearing about Shad and all the wonderful aspects of it from the non-student perspective, from, from your perspective as the CEO, and it just is absolutely fantastic. So thank you very, very much for coming and for sharing your insights. Well, thank you for having me. Always great to talk to Shad alum. Thank you.